0: section twenty one of the one-eyed griffin and other tales by herbert Escott inman this librivox recording is in the public domain the discontented elf chapter six the punishment gravely did silverwing contemplate the trembling elf before him then he spoke well thistledown he said are you satisfied with your various experiences Oh, Silverwing, the elf replied, I want to try no more, for I have found that all creatures are content with their lot. I have found they all do the work that is set them, and so are happy. I have found there is no creature, small though it may be, that may not be of use and help those in trouble. Then, elf, your experience has not been in vain, though the lessons have been hard to learn. It is well for you that it is so. For had you again sought to be changed, you would have been obliged to retain the shape you chose until you had done a good deed, and by suffering yourself, made someone happy. And can I have that change still, if I wished you? asked Thistledown eagerly. What? cried Silverwing. Is your lesson so soon forgotten? Nay, Silverwing, he replied, I shall not forget my lesson, nor grow discontented yet I desire to know if I may still claim this last change. Certainly you may, answered Silverwing. Must it be now, or may I wait till later? It may be whenever you will, said the fairy doctor. But remember the conditions, and beware of what may come to you. Silverwing, Thistledown replied, I promise I will not ask this without both King Oberon's sanction and your own approval but i would take a message to the earth children the earth children what messages has an elf of the green wood for the children of earth thistle bent forward and whispered in his ear some words that caused him to shake his head thoughtfully i doubt much whether oberon will sanction it he said however we must hasten back to fairyland and then we can see so follow me the wisest and oldest elves sat in grave council with their king. Thistledown had come back, and must be punished. Long they debated ere the question was settled, and Oberon commanded the green elf to be brought before them. With his fairy jewels taken away, closely guarded, and sad at heart, Thistledown stood, his head bent in shame, and heard his sentence. Elfin, said Oberon, the rulers of fairydom." feel that your wicked and rebellious conduct may not go unpunished, and in council they decree that before all the fays, gnomes, brownies, and pixies of our realm, you shall again take the shapes you chose. Tell them how you fared, and let them see your sufferings. Have you aught to say? Thistledown looked up. I have been naughty, and I am sorry, he said. I am willing to bear punishment. Then, cried Oberon, summon all our subjects to meet at the great oak. Away sped the messengers, and soon the fae folk came trooping in, till at length all were assembled in a great circle round the grand old forest tree. And there, all alone, save for Silverwing, Thistledown stood in the middle of the ring. Then the heralds blew a long blast, and Oberon rising addressed his subjects fairies brownies pixies and all fay folk he said you know how thistledown the green elf being discontented with his lot chose in spite of all our advice to seek happiness in other forms he has now come back and we will that you should see and hear how he fared that you may judge whether tis wise for fairy folk to seek to change their lives for those of other creatures the king ceased and resuming his seat, made a sign to Silverwing, who waved his wand over the green elf, and lo, thistledown vanished, and the beetle Dumbledore was crawling there in this shape did thistledown first seek happiness. Hear from him how he found it, cried Silverwing, I found it not it was the elf voice, but the beetle spoke. I loved idleness and found no joy in my labour, for all must work. I found pain caused by others' thoughtlessness, but I found no happiness. See how Dumbledore died, cried the fairy doctor, and the beetle was again writhing on the cruel pin, whilst the fays, their eyes filled with pitying tears, watched the struggles grow more and more faint, till he lay dead before them, and then, to their surprise, Hoppity the frog, Took the place of Dumbledore. This, said Silverwing, was the second shape. Thistledown chose. Here, fairies, all, how he found happiness. I didn't find it, croaked the frog solemnly. I found worms and flies. There are too many drawbacks in a frog's life for it to be a real pleasure. The fish eat us, the ducks eat us and the earth children stone us. But, even with its disadvantages, a frog's life is full of opportunities to be good-tempered and kind, and I met with a lot of kindness from the unfortunate companions of my adventures. That's all I have to say. Only don't you try being frogs, for it is not half so nice as being fairies. He ceased, and Silverwing again waved his wand. In this shape, he said, as the caterpillar appeared, Thistledown next tried to be happy. He wanted to be a moth, but to be one he had to begin at the beginning. Listen to his story. Fairies, said the caterpillar, I learnt to work. I must work and spin. Oh, so many threads, before I can change to a moth. One at a time, I work them in. Little by little, I make my home. But if we keep on and persevere, we get to the end of the task, and then can rest. Change! cried Silverwing, and the brown pupa lay there. What lessons have you learnt in this form? demanded the fairy doctor, and a quiet, far away voice answered, Patience, patience, patience. I have learnt to wait patiently. A useful lesson, cried Oberon. I would that all the Fay Folk would learn it. Now, once again, Silverwing waved his wand and a cry of pleasure and admiration broke from the fairies as the beautiful moth underwing appeared truly in this shape he must have been happy they whispered but the moth replied alas it was in this beautiful shape my own self-will caused me most pain nay brought about my death For disregarding the advice of my dear companion i thought i could play with fire unharmed in this shape, I learnt that self conceit must bring a fall, and that wisdom listens to the voice of warning. Silverwing looked towards the king when the moth ceased speaking. Your majesty, do you wish that the fays should behold the fate of Underwing, or has the punishment been enough without the pain of burning? Indeed, answered Oberon, I think the elf has borne his punishment well, and I declare tis now over. Thistledown may take his proper shape and place amongst us again nor may any of the Fay folk e'er rebuke him for that which has been bravo bravo hip hip hurrah shouted the Fays bravo oberon bravo thistledown bravo everybody to the dance cried oberon and let thistledown lead our queen in the first measure and they danced dear me how they danced until the great sun lit the eastern sky with glory, and then all the Fay folk hid away from the earth people's eyes, sleeping till night should come once more. End of section twenty one.